0: Supposed to look when it goes to a cold open, and we kind of advertise the show. That's what a you know what that was an unexpected dry run. So that's yeah. how it goes, Mr. Randall. <laughs> I thought that was I thought we was live. That's why I'm mad with
1: it. That's why I'm mad with it. Get out the trap with it. Whatever you want, whatever you need, it's on tab. Get it. That's why I'm mad with it. That's why I'm mad with it.
2: Chasing clap Oh no way, shit turn. Oh, no, ladies and gentlemen. It's the I'm a in trouble podcast with your boy Eddie Louse. Turns G is in the building. He, he, ski, ski. Lloyd Lee is at work, of course. Uh, I guess today, though, is Mr. Marlon Randolph himself, yes, man. The, 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 the The age aging, gracefully black man himself, <laughs> like the, the salt and pepper king himself.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yo, thank you for for Randolph.
1: We appreciate it. <laughs> yes,
0: thank that's you for not, coming.
1: That's up. not that sounds like some shit you order at a Chinese restaurant. Let me get that salt <laughs> and pepper aging
0: fish kingfish. get that the salt and peppered kingfisher uh aged slightly.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yo, so Mr. Randolph, uh, Marlon, Rand, do you like Mr. Randolph? or do We just call you Marlon.
0: Yeah, Yo, you call me Marlon, man. I, the, oh, man. The,
1: I, don't let the gray hair fool you, man. It's all it's hereditary. I'm I'm a young man. you you said what? Don't let the gray hair fool you. I'm it's hereditary. I'm a young man.
2: I, hey, we just gonna we're gonna act like we ain't hear that. You been like doing comedy for like twenty-something years, say, man. Like, man. We- I don't know I've been, been doing
1: yes, I've been doing comedy for a long time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 But see, I guess it depends on what your age is. So I didn't I didn't know. Like, like so. If you are I'm 30. Oh, so I get it. I'm 30. Okay. I get it. Eddie, come on, bro. I was about to so say
0: you're,
1: you're, so. You're respectful. So you you guys can do the I don't care. You can call me Mr. Randolph, it's all good. It, it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> the matter. The only thing matters is the content, goddammit. <laughs> So you you and you
2: and um two other guys put on a podcast can you explain your podcast and how it came about? Yeah we don't yeah, want to do so it
1: in just so every Sunday we do a show called Back to the Essence and Back to the Essence pretty much is a show where we like to talk about we don't we don't want to be the old guys who sit up and say ah get off my lawn oh this is the way shit used to be ah oh, I wish guys would do this and do that we don't want to be those guys but we right. definitely want to be able to address that shit without sounding like those old guys. So we bring a lot of the old uh, some of the original uh comedians on the show. And I just think it's right. important, man, that that we address these things because we're not the only ones that's doing that. You know, Faison, Pierre, Cat Williams, Mike Epps, the list goes on where guys are just saying, hey man, when we developed five minutes of stand-up comedy, we had to get a tight five, then we got a tight 10. When we went out and did sketches, we had to write them ourselves, let's do things different. So the, the the Instagram battle is a little struggle for a lot of guys to see how people are just be trying to be famous without putting the work in. You understand? So that's, what, so that's what back to the essence is. It's do you have your hundred thousand hours in work yet? That that still that still still that still stands the test of time. That's what that so means.
2: I've so I've I, heard I, you I, talk I, about this before. I've heard you talk about this before a little bit, and and, and <laughs> I don't disagree at all. But I do think that, like, I think revisionist history plays a part in all our heads, right? There were some people who made it through before they were ready, even back in the day. You know what I'm saying? We We hit. Let's talk about Deon Cole. Now, Deon Cole right now is a monster. But he himself talked about how he only was doing it for, like, six months. And then, you know what I'm saying, got pushed through on the Def Comedy Jam. So, like, it happens, but I don't, do you think, like, this whole day and
1: age is about comics that just want to be popcorn comics at this point. I, first of all, I didn't say that. I think what you did was you 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 cut me off and you thought you knew what I was going to say. But <laughs> you got to understand something that it's like it's like when you talk to a white person about racism, right? And they go, "Hey, wow. you know, I'm not racist," and then they start to break down. You know, I'm not racist because X, Y, and Z. It's is it, but but I, but I do support Trump, right? Because I support him because, <laughs> because of my, my taxes, or I support him. Right. The, like, we have the, we stick on to these little things, but anytime you listen to a dude who his first speech is, Mexicans are drug dealers and rapers, then you can't detect the 10%. You either agree with what he's saying or you don't. So that's what right. you just did. I'm going to tell you why. You, how you feel? that? <laughs> all right, go ahead. Right. He just put me in with a Trump supporter. All right, but all right. I'm going to let it go. I'm going to let no, it go. Go, ahead. go ahead.
0: No, that's not what. That's not. That's not what I
1: did. You, you, you're worse than my baby mama.
0: I did not do that. I'm, I'm telling you, Marlon. He is. He is like a Skip Bayless over here. I don't know what he does. He's always the victim. He always twists his yeah. words like it's yes. a damn corkscrew, and I don't yes. understand it. Yes, he He will, He would
1: will, will be a great horrible lawyer because he is yes. definitely. <laughs> ruin what I said. What I said is, guys who get a hundred thousand hours in it, they are great at what they do. I didn't say that no. you can't skip certain lanes because let's be honest, Bernie Mac. I'll give you a better example. You brought up in Deion Cole. I'll give you a, I'm a better one. But here's one that I think that uh, touches what we're saying. Bernie Mac had probably been doing it before he did Def Jam. He had probably, I think. I'm 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 I say allegedly 30 years and then he got Def right. Jam. Right. Then you had a guy like Chris Tucker who was maybe 16 years old and end up being a movie star way before Bernie Mac ever did a movie. So, we have to look at something like that and say is that the same thing? Well, yes and no. Chris Tucker Def Jam set only came from him grinding and working hard in clubs across the country. Mm. So so, so, so the same recipe to make the chicken, you can't cheat it with an air fryer. It's not going to taste the same. Chris Tucker wasn't using the air fryer, he was using the iron skillet, the same way Bernie Mac was using the iron skillet. And that's what you have. Deion Cole used the iron skillet. So I think what you have is a lot of guys now, they're looking at your air fryer, your wings done in eight minutes, that's fucking impossible. Those are not real wings. Now it doesn't mean the person is right, whoever came up with that shit. And then younger people are looking at them saying, Hey, you're just a hater, you're bitter, this, this, and that. But look, when you look, look, I'm 49, right? You say you 30. Yeah. Me yeah. and you both know if I go, my girl, my girl, my girl, you and I both know who the fuck sing that song. Right. Me and you also know who the fuck wrote that song. Right. I know who wrote. It. Do you know who wrote it? I'm gonna test yeah. you who wrote it. Uh
2: Smoky Robinson,
1: right? Good job. Now, do you think now that was a song made, that was Temptation's first song made in like right the early 60s before I was born? Way before you probably before your daddy was born. Now, do you nah, think, I'm a daddy older, it's all good? Okay, born, <laughs> your daddy was born in the 60s. Your daddy was born in the 60s. Yeah, my
2: pop, ba- my, my pa my, pa, my, pa, my pa, uh,
1: yeah, my pop 68. Okay. 68. So he was so if he's 68, so he was born in uh, if my math correct, he was born in 53. All right, so he was a young man when that song was created. So at the end of right. the day, that means your dad, he's the same age as my mom, my mom's 67. So three generations know my girl, no Smokey Robinson wrote it. Do you right. think, and keep it 100, do you think 50 years from now, there's a song that's out right now that three generations are going, are going to identify to play and know in the elevator and see California Raisin singing that same damn song? Because it doesn't have that same substance.
2: You I don't do know. I see what you're saying. I
0: don't know. I, I, I think don't, there's I don't a few, but I get what I you're saying. No, I don't know, Marlon, because I think brr, brr, will age really, really oh my well. Oh, Jesus Christ. Like,
1: Hold on, Eddie. Pause. Stab me. What song are you talking about?
0: What song? <laughs> uh, damn. Now you got me on that one. But you know the one that goes. Brr, brr, that's like 50 of them. <laughs>
1: You a mask off. <laughs> oh, you talking about a birdman song. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> are you done? Or I'm in, I'm you I'm finished. Finished. I'm are you finished.
0: done or are you finished? I'm in the kitchen wrist, you know. No no, 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 so so okay. Let me let
1: me say this real quick. Take Terrence yeah. and Eddie Live. Let me say this. Because y'all explain to me what kind of show it is. I want to be very clear. I'm a huge supporter of there's nothing new under the sun. Things are just done differently. If people are being talented by getting up early in the morning, putting up a ring light, calling a crew, buying four iPhones, setting them up, writing a sketch, and the shit is getting likes and views, that is no different than you being on Living Color. That's no different than having a popular show like Marvin. So I'm, I'm down with that. The part that I may have slightly on the fence with is, I still think that stage time as a stand-up comedy makes you a fucking monster, right? And I think, and I think that you can't substitute stage time with Instagram time. You can't.
0: So is is yeah. that your rub then, Marlon? Because that's where it seems like to me after after having listened, your rub is the comics that only do the IG and consider their funny to be enough to. Pack out the show, or to even call themselves a comedian is—is is that kind of? Well, you
1: got to help me with the slang first. What the fuck is rub? Only time I know rub is when you put it on chicken. What is rub? Like, like
0: the, you know, the the, the like, <laughs> like you saying that. Like what's, that what's, what's yeah, yeah? What's chapping your ass? I, that's the white trash way of
1: saying it. <laughs> no, I, none of that shit. None of that shit taps my ass. That sounds really porn. <laughs> No you went from rubbing to tapping ass in the same sentence.
0: None of that yo, without missing the beat. Without <laughs> missing the beat. That nigga just, my, <laughs> my shirt says it all. I am 98% <laughs> chimp, y'all. I'm dumb as fuck. Oh, I am oh, white gosh. trash. I will never yeah. deny this. Man, so. What's the rub? And, nah, what tapped your ass? <laughs> taps, <laughs> taps, like chomp <laughs> stick.
1: Let me keep it above with you. I don't have a problem with any of it. It just came up because mm. I think as a as a narrative Eddie was trying to paint, and that's why I. No, no, no. I, I, so, so, all right. So
2: this is the thing, right? You, you did a little bit because I, 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 I thought we were talking. About, I thought we were on the same page. It wasn't like I was attacking. You. That's why I shut the fuck up and let you talk. Um, and it's oh, I'm oh, I'm I'm. I, I like debating. So, like, we're it's like here. I gotta yeah, let you adults. get your really? shit out before I say really? it. Let's go. You no, know no, no, no. But it's not it's not really a debate because I think I agree with you on most of the stuff that you said. Basically, almost everything you said. Um, after after clarifying, after me letting you talk, right? I everybody knows this that watch the podcast. Anybody that deals with me when I put on shows or anything like that, I don't deal with Instagram comics, I don't like dealing with them, right? I'll deal with comic comedians, stage comedians that also do Instagram. Okay. You get what I'm saying? Like that because I look at it two different. It's like, it's like we had every I think every um bracket of comedy or every group of comedy, age group of comedy has comedians that do acting so that they can do more comedy, and actors who do comedy. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, because like they just trying to fill in their free time or they're trying to be bigger so they can get more acting roles.
1: Can I tell you um, from my experience? I try not to analyze it too much. Yeah, well, you, you say but you don't. I said try not to analyze it too much. Why not? I don't analyze it. That I'm gonna tell you why. Because when I first started, that's something that I remember that a lot of us comics used to do. We used to try to cate- put people in categories. If you was at sec- if you were Dan Aykroyd or John Belushi, John Belushi, who were absolutely funny, but they're from a second city world. So what? Right. You- who did was categorize them because they are side not live type of funny from the stand
0: up, mm.
1: I, I think I think that's a real dangerous thing to do because you do have you do have comedic actors, and then right. you have stand up comics. All right. stand up comics are not great comedic actors, and they definitely right. are good actors. But trained, skilled comedic actors like a like a like a peel what's the guy named uh kill and peel the oh, guy Ke- Keegan- uh, Jordan Peel. peel. Now, one of them directed me. Where's my picture? One of them was my in Detroit was I was in a play called Big Mama's Wedding. It was a black version of Tony and Tina's Wedding. Michael was mm. my director in Detroit. He had cast me and chose me for the uh, role as Chaz, the gay hairdresser. So to see, even back then, he was sharp with his improv. Right. So I learned a lot yeah. from him. And to do the skills, they were everybody would get in a circle and toss the ball. And create and you have a subject, and everybody ride that subject, and you can't drop it. You can't drop it. You can't drop right. subject, you can't drop the subject simultaneously to keep you sharp. Skills like that, man. It's unfair to, 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 to not give them what they deserve um because they're not going on stage doing setup premises and punchlines. You understand mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Because if you put the guys who are great with the setup premises punchline with the comedic answers, uh, comic actors, you're gonna get right. a great and and that's why you see a lot of those guys, Michael and them. That's why. Why do you think Eddie Murphy hires him for everything? You, you, right. you see him do stand up, but the guy is fucking brilliant with fucking funny. Michael is.
2: Well, <laughs> yeah. that's, I mean, like, so, like, I, I do. You just open my eyes up to something because I get in arguments all the time about the mainstream urban uh
1: conversation. That's a, di- that's a different now. That's different. I don't mean to interrupt so, you, but. That's a whole different conversation. So if you want to have that conversation. Make sure we wrap the other one up. Staff me. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> see.
2: Hey. See. Like. See. I thought it was two different conversations. I like until you just said what you said, and then I thought they kind of blended together. But all right, we can have that. We can have that conversation. I don't like. I don't like. Okay. I love stand up. Right. I love stand up. I love fucking stand up. I I I eat stand up. I dream stand up. I go out and seek stand up. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't do all that, but the- <laughs> no, that's what you're doing right now. You're giving yourself one hell of a blowjob. But keep going. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. Right. I don't. Right. I, don't like right. how, I don't like how. I don't. No, I just don't like how people. I don't like how people uh, misuse stand up. Right. It's too many stand up comedians out here who are trying to be funny and build audiences for being funny, and then they get put into a place or put into a position where it's like now you have to be an actor because so many actors started doing stand up so now everybody's like oh you're not a stand up because i don't know who you are it's like hold on what how many stand up comedians are there in the world let's that's like you know what i'm saying it's it's not on the grand scheme of things it's not a lot of us but it's a lot of us right and and then if you go if you go to headliners it's really like it's not a lot of headliners even in america that's making a living. So then, when you boil it down to oh, only the people that's on TV are really headliners. That's kind of fucked up because now you you run into the situation where these motherfuckers are taking people's jobs or taking stage time from motherfuckers just because they was on fucking insecure. That doesn't make you a fucking comedian, bro. Like that, that's not? all I'm saying. Like you can be if you if you because you're not a stand up comedian. Like okay, if so, you so let's, let's pause for a second. Why do you care? Go ahead. Because it still t- it makes everything harder for everybody else. Oh, I don't no, fuck no, with let me that, something,
1: man. This is a one work, so life. I'm good. But me, it's me, still me, the point. Hold on, Eddie. Let me let me let me share something with you. Comedy is a one man sport. Do you agree or disagree? Disagree.
2: Why do you disagree? I think when I'm on stage, me writing and being on stage is a one man. Well, no, actually, me being on stage is a one man sport.
1: And but just everything it. else is a hold community. On no 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 no! stand-up comedy is on is a one-man sport what i'm gonna tell you what i mean by that when you're on that stage only there is no band Right, right there's no background singers there's nobody who can make your show go bad but you right there's no person that can make your show good but you if you're, you know, if your intake mentally is what other people are saying about a one man sport, you're never going to win the Super Bowl. That's not how it works. All those people who have all these different ideas. And this reminds me when when you're like, I don't want to say new in the game, but when you just don't have your hours because you're you're analyzing almost a space or a lane that that makes sense. And that's not how life is does not work like that. it doesn't work like that with no sport. Darnell Rollins could probably tell you that, being Ashley Larry, no way he would probably tell you that he's in a position he's in today when I first met him and moved here in New York. And when it's no way that I'm sure Richard Pryor, when he first moved to LA, it's no way he knew he was gonna be a big movie star, but he then did, still didn't accomplish what Flip Wilson did, and Flip Wilson didn't accomplish what he did, right? You know, so 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 you have to be the best you, and sell the best you. That's the only thing that's, that matters.
2: I agree with you on that. But I'm not saying, like, but when no. you say, hold on, hold on, hold on one second, sorry, just so I don't get misconstrued out of my statement. When you when you bring up people like Richard Pryor, Donnell Rollins, you know what I'm saying? Those people, even, let's say, D.L. Hughley, who was also not those people
1: worked at stand-up. You get what I'm saying? They did. They use TV. I want to stay focused. Right. You know, we. I want. I want to stay focused because because I brought those names up. You're getting ready to derail. What will No, we no, doing? no. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm. I'm using those as a, as, a, you but, but, as. We a, were talking. We were talking about one man sport. That's and now right. we get derailed. Those. No, no, is, no. Because no, we were talking about one man sport because we were saying that I don't like. I like stand up. You ever seen you Mike what what perform with somebody on stage? No, I'm with you, you on this spot. Really I'm with before. you on this spot. Okay, so you- we,
2: we, this is this we right now this is uh what's the word? Well we're both saying the same thing but in, in
1: our own language, right? Like you know how like everybody talks the same so words but let's, so so let's okay. get past it. I said that it's a one man right. sport and you and you said we're saying the same thing. So let's get past it. So if this is right. one man sport, why would the Brooklyn Nets take any advice from the Toronto Raptors?
0: See, but, okay, so. But, but I, would, I would think, Marlon, if I may interject, I, I would think, interject. For me, I think what Eddie's trying to say is, as, as a younger comic, I think nowadays we look at it compartmentalizing it, whereas saying the lesson from you and your generation, and please don't take that disrespectfully, because I don't mean it that way. No. But you and your generation that passed the wisdom, I do believe it was very much, you have to just get your 10,000 hours. But the scene was much smaller then. No. And I think nowadays, with the, 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 because we've had the shrinkage that happened in the boom in the 90s, I believe, right? And then it's kind of done a little bit of the ebbing and flowing. I think we're back at another boom. It's one of those things that it, from our perspective, it does seem like on stage, yes, you cannot deny it. It's a boxing match, period, point blank. No, it's not. But no. I wouldn't well, even say the, it's an, it's you use any analogy, but in, I, I'm in, saying like it's, it's But still at the like, end of right. the day, you still what? have You still have your corner coach You still have uh, uh, the water boy that's helping you out In some aspect who, to who say is, who, 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 who is your, who, let me tell you You can have
1: all the people in the world That's your coach and your, When you get in that ring, man It's still up to you facts. No, I, I, I don't, I, I'm a, not disagreeing there I, we I don't think with anybody's
0: disagreeing there
2: yeah i think the stage part that i i agree with you on stage when we talk about on stage one man but even in one man when you train you don't train by yourself no uh, boxer trains by himself no tennis player trains by themselves you have
1: to train with a team this is this is the difference this is a great microcosm of the disconnect right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. stand-up comedy is a one-man sport you can you can you can you can say I have my buddies who, who you know, back in the day, there was other terms for it. You know, I got my secretary, my manager, my assistant, you know, that Hollywood dump shit. Right. So you can create all that all day. At the end of the day, when you're on that stage, your delivery and who you are is the only thing going to make them people laugh. And nobody can help you with that. You the only one by getting your hours on stage can can perfect timing and delivery. Only you can perfect that. Right.
2: But no, no, so I think that, yeah, only you can execute that. I don't think only you can perfect that. I think that's two different, I think that's two different joints. Now I could be, I could be on the technical side of shit. I I,
1: I will agree with execute just so we're not playing with semantics. So we're not playing with work. That's the word, semantics. God damn it. I think we're stuck (laughs) with semantics. I think we're stuck with semantics when we talk about this particular subject. Honestly, because because you kind of agree, but I think you're pulling hairs by adding there's the you know these different people in your circle that helps you and i understand that but i can tell you bro when you get on that stage let's just say there's a fucking jack daniels competition you got all these people helping you i'm telling you right now if your ass ain't getting up monday tuesday wednesday thursday friday and you ain't practicing your delivery i don't give a fuck how many jokes you wrote I don't give a fuck how much money you right. spend to go to la to hang at chocolate sundays and then go to new york to hang at this place if you ain't going to stage at chocolate sundays if you ain't going to stage at boston new york if you ain't going on stage at carolina i don't give a fuck if you know all these phone numbers you talk to Chappelle. i talked to Chris Duck, i talked chris spencer you impressing everybody all these fucking people you calling no if your black ass ain't getting on that stage no matter what all that little you got, your ass gonna sound like a new comic your delivery gonna be fucked up right you start saying shit like man it's crazy out there man what's up y'all right. <laughs> <take> some noise. <laughs> because, because you personally did not put the
2: work in. That is that, is, that and that's why I told you. I think so. Essentially, what you're agree. saying,
0: Marlon, is you despite the team thing, it comes down to you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. That's so it's, just, it's it's this it's the semantics of it. It's the semantics of yeah, that's, a, that's a, and that's my point. Like, but I, so okay. But I do understand
2: I do agree with your point just to drop the subject because I, I don't like yeah. going back and forth too much too much but I do like conversation right like not to go too much back and forth I do understand your point of not caring about who's a comedic actor versus a comedian and all that I do understand on. your point right I do right. understand your point on that but like, it, it is it is it is a lot harder and I, and I, I, I think because so like just being honest you 20 you 20 plus in I'm just I'm just hitting ten, so it's like now like and me and Terrence have had this conversation with people that we had on the podcast when we get people that's like, oh they didn't like my style, so oh people wasn't booking me, so I did this or people and I'm like yo like you sound like
1: a new comic bro. You want to hear something weird, man? (laughs) (laughs) So it's it's great to see a new age. You want to hear something weird? When I had got ten years in the game, I remember. That I was really bitter towards the the older comics because I felt like they owed me something. Mm. Let me give you a prime example. This my I do these interviews for Rashawn, and then you got uh, T Gray and all these guys. I agree, but I don't know what they setting me up with. So I didn't know y'all was comics, right? When I agreed to do things with T Gray, I didn't know that they was comics. And so now I know you comics, and then when I learn where you at in the game, I already know what you're gonna say before you say it. That's how long I've been around this shit. <laughs> so, so what ends up happening is an argument or debate take place that should never take place. Not that I know everything, but Chris right. Rock said it best. He said when he started in comedy, he could never approach Bill Cosby. So right. you know a lot of comics who they don't even they are able to approach comics who they're not supposed to. And then they get mad when those comments don't don't tell them the shit they want to hear. Mm. So 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 as I'm listening to you, that's what I'm getting from you. So so mm. so so you're exactly where you're supposed to be at ten years with your frustration. But you're going to learn and you're going to see that in in a real world, nobody yeah knows shit. outside of the comedy world. What I'm doing right now, people get paid for it. They're called consulting firms. Right, people, right, right, right. People who need guidance in their career, they just opened up a business. So, first thing they do is go pay a consulting firm to help them because the consulting firm has experience. My experience helps you, and you right. help me as well. But it's one of those things but where I get
2: more from you than you get from me.
1: Yeah, I hate to say it like that because I think everybody wants like, truth. Oh, no, I'm a, it's, I'm a, I'm it's, a real. So I'm gonna, gonna say it, straight but, up. Yeah, but but, but, <laughs> but my but my resume. I haven't done the TV like some of my comrades. My my comedy career is a little different. I haven't. I did who got jokes and that was it. I don't have no big YouTube. This 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 is not. I did BT come to the stage, and then I moved from Detroit to New York. And what I've learned is when you out there in the game, man, you gotta really ask yourself when you in this business, man, what are you in it for because you can end up chasing shit man that's never going to come. So you got to ask yourself what do you enjoy it? Do you enjoy the journey and are you living? Because if you're not living, when I mean living, if you're not like having kids, building families and really doing stuff and you're just focused focused focus on comedy, everybody it, it doesn't work like that. There's there's a there's a there's a Kevin Hart situation once every 10, 15, 20 years. Last time I saw something like that was when Chris Tucker was discovered by Ice Cube. So when you got a bunch of black men who are the unemployment is over 50% in America and they dab into a com- uh, comedy, then you, 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 then the next thing, you know, they're like, Oh, I think I can do that shit. And the next thing, you know, they telling everybody, you know what, I'm going to try this comedy thing and that's how the shit starts. So it becomes a new employment fucking office for black men to stay afloat. And that's cool. So then dudes who never told a joke in their life, they've learned to be funny by watching cats like me, then they get it mad from the cast like us and sometimes they surpass us and they never look back and pull some of us with them and I've seen this over and over and over so I don't trip you feel me I just keep I know one thing when I go on stage and I ain't trying to give myself no blowjob man let me tell you I have a good time and if I'm having a good time the people enjoy that ride with me and that's all that matters I don't see nothing else in the room I don't Mm. focus on the comics before me I don't focus on what's going to happen after me because my experience where I was born, where my education that and my experiences with my kids and how I live and where I'm from and where I was born, nobody else in this room got that. So there's no way I'm in competition with nobody else but the mirror. That's how that works, bro. That's why when you said a boxing match, no, the only person that's in your way is you. You're boxing yourself. You, that's the only person you're boxing because your story, Eddie, nobody else has. When you pick up your iPhone before they did the face shit, they had the fingerprint, right? <laughs> nobody, nobody thumb can get in your fucking iPhone, but who's Eddie's? That's it. Right. That's that same shit like comedy. But if you're too busy sharing that iPhone with a hundred fingers, that's too much misinformation, bro. In your head, you can't, you don't want to, you don't want to run through the world like that. Wow, that was deep. That was <laughs> Then
2: I, then, then listen, I, I, I listened to the OGs. Like that's what I was, no, I, was just trying, I was I wasn't even trying to argue with you. I was just trying to clarify my point. And now I'm just like, nah, let me shut the fuck up again. Let me oh, let this nigga go. <laughs> 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 Julian, Julian, so, I mean, because that's what I mean, like as young comics, right? And like <laughs> me being again 10 years, so it's like I have these conversations with comics, it's like two years in, and I'm like, listen, all my OGs. All my OGs literally talk to me straight up, just like this. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, look, little nigga, um, I'm not doing, I'm not doing this stupid shit, and I'm not having this stupid ass conversation with you because you don't, you don't have enough knowledge for me to explain it correctly. So I get, like, you know what I'm saying? That's why I say I get what you're saying. What do you but like? But I, you,
1: I don't know if you should be like that with them, like because you see how I'm doing the show,
2: right? Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. I'm saying like, not like, and not in the sense of like, don't talk to me, little nigga. Not like that. I'm saying yeah. like, if I say certain stuff, like. They like, don't listen. They're not going to listen. Yeah, exactly. That's what if I'm I was going to say, like. Yeah.
0: that That's yeah. been my thing, right? Like, that was one thing that pissed me off in my time in the military and everything that kind of solidified my push towards comedy that was kind of my whole thing was I'm not that person that's going to sit around and say, this is the way it's always been done. Okay, I guess we're just doing it. If shit's fucked up, it's fucked up. I'm going to try and fix it. And I very much try to take that approach that I'm going to give you my lessons. They may not be the right lessons, but they're the lessons I learned. They may not even work for you, but I'm going to try and pass it on. But you do get a lot of these younger cats that are like, yeah, fuck that. And then (laughs) after they just ask, it, you're like,
1: right. See, I remember when I started the first thing I did is I needed guidance. So you what you do is you start looking at other people's paths and you say, "Okay, if I if I do it like that, then I'm going to be I'm going to be successful." So I'm not going to listen to this guy. I'm not going to go that way. You 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 do these things and 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 it's, and it's important not to do it. But you do it anyway because you just want guidance. Right. But the only thing really going to help you, I'm going to tell you, man, let me tell you. When I started comedy, um it, it was 1995 in Detroit. And yeah. I was working at a comedy club called All Joe Society in Detroit, Michigan. The owner was paying me five dollars to seat people at the door. I was one of those guys, I never wanted to be stand up comedy, I wanted to be a rapper. My name, I wanted to be a rapper. I had put out a, two albums. Um, I'm not from the streets, all my raps were corny as fuck. um, nice. never they never went anywhere, but. I'm from that era where that's where I saw success. It was either rap or fucking learn how to play basketball or sell drugs, wasn't no in-between. That's what it was if you was a young boy in the 80s, in the 90s. So when Deaf Comedy Jam came on board, what it did was it created something to now young black boys that they never thought was possible because it had an edge to it. Because before mm-hmm. Def Jam, you saw, the only time you saw jokes with the Lenny Bruces and, and with the George Carlin's and Richard Pryor's was, or, or even Bill Cosby or even, you know, you just watched this this Showtime documentary about Dick Gregory and he's telling jokes at the civil rights movement in the church. Martin Luther King literally is sitting behind him cracking up and he's telling the jokes in a church while there's terrorists outside the church. And Dick Gregory was the very first black guy to even play Hugh Hefner's club, Playboy, and right. sit on the couch for, for late night talk shows. So there was not this stand-up comedy world you know as of today. Then Def Jam comes in, and here we got a DJ. You got Martin Lawrence, just looks so natural at it. Funny as fuck, just looks so natural. Mm-hmm. And what it started making everybody do, man, is just say, I can do that. And you had a bunch of guys who were already following the Richard Price and Eddie Murphy's of the world. The Steve Harvey's, the Tommy Chuns, the Mike Bonners, and the, the, the Bernie Matts of the world, the Chris Rocks of the world. Def Jam didn't influence them. They were doing stand-up at three, four years old. right. So it happened, this vehicle came around that was perfect for them so the world could see them. That was their Instagram of their time. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure the Bill Cosby's and Richard Pryor's looked at that death Jam and go, what the fuck is this shit? A, a DJ? This profanity? The way people are laughing? Ain't no career in this shit. They downplayed the it probably. Mm-hmm. They called down on it probably the same way guys do Instagram comedy, which is why I don't do it. Mm. because I am 100% sure that when hip-hop came around, the only people that was, if you talk about how the bands in the 60s was, was taking over, and then you talk about all the bands in the 80s, the Gap Band, the SOS Band, Atlantic Star, Ivy Brothers, these guys were dominating the charts. And then all of a sudden you get these 15-year-old kids that's wearing sneakers with fucking jeans, a leather blazer, a hat <laughs> with a Adidas jacket inside the blazer, talking about. Ha, 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 ha. You <laughs> don't think those SOS bands and all them do them, them, them rappers from back in the days? Russell Simmons tell the stories of how those guys hated them so bad they wouldn't wow. them to play. They would go to DJs and tell them don't play that shit. They would make sure. And then when they started scratching, then dudes who play instruments started losing jobs. Then the the synthesizer was created which is right. a boy that plays drums and plays different. So right. now a studio where you have violins, trumpets, trombones, drum drums, now all these niggas unemployed because of a machine. And mm-hmm. then when the goddamn drum machine came out, it was a rap. Right. And what did those old dudes say? That shit ain't gonna last, but guess what? That's all that's here now, all over the world, hip hop music. Right. Richard Pryor said himself in convictions, love Richard, he said himself in convictions. He said, hey, one of his biggest mistakes was when he started in the uh he started indigo uh films that Jim Brown, who was in charge of his film company, they turned down purple rain. Prince sent it to him first. Cause he said because he thought it worked. Yeah, he was like, What the fuck is this? And when Prince first started, he went on tour with Rolling Stones. They all booed the shit out of him and threw when he was on tour with Rolling Stones. People thought it, it, it depressed him. He was all he was ready to quit because they was throwing beer glasses and shit at Prince. Like, what the fuck is this? Because he's on stage with with goddamn coat and panties and shit. So, 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 so evolution is when somebody can come in and innovate and recreate Jumbo. You know what the fuck Jumbo is? Jumbo is a little bit of James Brown, right? A little bit of Jimi Hendrix, and we got Prince. What is Michael Jackson? A little bit of Jackie Wilson, a little bit of Jackie Brown, a little bit of Fred Astaire. We got Michael Jackson. Where's that jumbo today? Didn't T-Pain just make a video saying, all oh, you motherfuckers sound the same? Yeah. So that's what you got young rappers, young comics. They all sound like
0: Kevin Hart. <laughs> so mother. They do that. <laughs> what they do. <laughs> <laughs> this is so annoying. You said you don't have an issue with Instagram comics. I so, don't. And so my question is, how do you feel about, because this is something that we often talked about here. Other guests want to talk about um, when they consider themselves stand-up comics. They talk about the Instagram comics that sell out studios, theaters, shows, etc., and then don't deliver. How do you feel about those types of things? Do you still stick with that don't matter because it don't affect me or do you like like, on the business end? Right. On the business end. Are you like, no, 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 no. Like this is a problem because fill in the blank reason. First
1: of all, I think that is a great fucking question because, because it's a question that it was relevant when I started and it's relevant now. And it was a question that was being thrown out there when I started one of the beauties of working in a comedy club, Patrice O'Neill worked in one too. You got a lot of like comics who started in comedy clubs. The beauty of working in comedy clubs, you get to see the jumbo get created that mm-hmm. a lot of stand-up comics don't get to see. Here's some rules. I'm just been dropping jewels with y'all all night. We're gonna keep dropping them, fuck it. Check this out. I one time watched the owner of the club sit down and look at tapes and go, okay, I need, I got bills to pay, I need to make money. So he's looking at the videotapes, he go, okay. AJ Sanders just sent me this. AJ Sanders was Gina on Different World. Different World was a very popular show with Jada Pickett and and Tupac all that, and Kareem, uh, uh Dwayne Wayne all that shit in the 90s. He's like, "Okay. She's she, she 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 she's she's good, but I need somebody who can knock it out the water." So his perception was she was not that comic who could knock it out the water, but she could sell chicken liquor and put asses in seats so what did he do to, to, to balance that show off here's this young kid who just sent me a video man okay he's from indiana named mike Epps. let me throw him in here oh my gosh he's funny but no one knows him so he doesn't sell tickets um i'm gonna put him on the show with aj sanders and this way nobody is uh upset at the show that's no different than now The only reason them Instagram comments are getting booked is because this this is a business. Mm. This is about putting asses in seats and selling chicken and liquor. Facts. And until you can put asses in a seat and sell chicken and liquor, you have to shut the fuck up. This is not just a funny business. It's called show business. It's called business. And the business of show is that you have to have people fucking follow you. And the way people follow you You can't have them follow you on Twitter, Instagram, and shit like that because those are not real fans. Real fans buy tickets, they go get babysitters, they go and get their hair done, they go and buy outfits, and then they can't wait to see you again. Not your three thousand Twitter followers who don't even comment on your posts. No doubt, that's the difference between the air fryer and the iron skillet. Because when you went out and did the work, them people actually followed your career. So
2: you still do you think? I'm I'm asking, uh, uh, interjecting just a little bit. Do you think it's still important to travel with comedy instead of just sitting back and being like, "Oh, like you could do it from anywhere in the world because you got the video"? Like you, you, you ask, hear a lot of people you, saying you ask, that now. You asking a guy who moved from Detroit,
1: right? <laughs> right. You got to move around. I got you. <laughs> I and got you. and I, I, now now I didn't do as much moving. That I did in my early stages in New York. Early stages in New York, you couldn't keep me in the house <clears throat> because I came here with one agenda. But I also didn't have children. Mm. Once the kids came, I obviously didn't travel as much and just stayed within the Northeast area, meaning. <laughs> Anything you know within the northeast, you know, DC that way is Connecticut this way, this, this, and that. Right, right. I've not been to Chicago since Jokes and Notes was open. I went to Chicago, I had been to Germany, Amsterdam, Alaska twice, uh, Europe, um, all the islands I performed on. I was never going to get those opportunities if I stayed in Detroit, right. and I knew staying in Detroit, I was not to get in line. Getting in line, I mean, in Detroit, you have Foolish, Mike Bonner, Coco, um, they're on radio. So when you're on radio, then whenever the big acts come to town, you get to open up those shows at the, at the Fox Theater. That's the main line there. What ends up happening is that ends up being kind of, and I'm not shitting on none of my friends in Detroit, because Howie Bell don't stay in Detroit. He gets out everywhere. But what ends up yeah. happening if you stay in that circle like that, what ends up happening is that your whole agenda is to just to play the Fox Theater. Like if you played the Fox Theater, you felt like you made it because this mm. is a play that everybody comes to town to play. So New right. York, that vibe too, like Caroline's is on Broadway. So you got a lot of comics who feel like if they done Caroline's, they made it. So you have to right. what's making it for you. I played all them joints and that still don't make me feel fucking good. Right. right. Bunch of followers that don't make me feel good. You see how I talk? I can get on Instagram and talk like this every day, all day, and would love it. But that's not who the fuck I am, right? Mm-hmm. So right, 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 the thing, right. Man, is I have serious fucking issues. I don't like my therapist. I love performing in front of people and getting my issues off my chest because I truly, love I truly love stand up. So fuck everything else. I truly Same. love. It, so
0: mm-hmm.
1: when you when you truly love it, bro, that's when you fucking made it. And then you allow
2: all the chips to fall where they're supposed to fall. So then yeah, ed- I'm, I'm going to be honest, though. I just, I literally just put, turns on the you notice know, yet. I literally put the, I quit my job before the pandemic. And then the pandemic came, I couldn't move. So I like had to go back to work. Mm-hmm. Oh, t- th- today was my last day again. Like, I literally just had to let them know, like, oh, no, I got to move, bro. Right? Like, I don't even think I'm going to be here in September. Like, I'm, I'm going you now, Eddie. I live in so I live in uh, I live in Baltimore, but I'm from DC. So I run a lot of stuff in DC. I do I put on a lot of shows in DC, and then I travel as a comic elsewhere. So
1: so it's important. Do you are you familiar with the rapper Scarface from Ghetto Boys? Yep, he did an interview on Breakfast Club yesterday because he and uh, he and Willie D just started something called uh, a podcast Reloaded. It's a podcast. Yep. yep, and I thought they said some interesting things that they were talking about Houston rappers. Mm-hmm. Instead, and then they start talking about all the different things in Houston that the rappers only talk about. Whereas in New mm-hmm. York, they spread their wings a little bit, LA spread yep. their wings a little bit, they don't keep it local. I think comics right. made that mistake too. So, even yeah. if you travel and you start to bomb on the road, it's because you're going to be talking about Baltimore things that people in the audience don't identify to. So, it's right. always important that when you're writing, to make sure you're not alienating your audience. And I think that's a great segue for you and I to talk about mainstream. And, uh, and bl-
2: black rooms.
1: Yeah. Cause I, cause I <laughs> earlier. And I think that that's a good subject. Not only if you want to. I don't want to control y'all. Fucking no, problems. let's no, that's, actually, <laughs> that's actually
0: something that we bring up often because. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's it. always. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things that um just to give you a quick background, Eddie is an individual that gets labeled as a mainstream comic. Okay. And it rubs him the wrong way. And there we go. Yeah, so it pisses him off. Uh, I actually am a bit opposite in that when I started, I started, I guess, in the mainstream scene, if you will. Most of my coming up, though, has been in the urban scene. That's where most of my stage time throughout the eight years now of doing this is gone. And so there's all different discussions, connotations, thoughts, and everything that happens when you think mainstream versus urban room. What does Marlon Randolph think about urban comedy, mainstream comedy, or the connotations, all of that?
1: Now, do you want to have an authentic conversation about this, or you want to be just uh, correct? So no, let me don't. let
0: me answer this very quickly. I want to have as authentic as possible, but we have another interview that starts at 8. Is the only reason that we, we have to keep it semi-brief. But please you keep that it that as authentic. Another as interview possible. that starts at 8? Uh, in 15 yeah, no, no. he's he's in Omaha. I'm, sorry, <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> yeah, time <laughs> difference, yeah, my bad. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in 15 yeah, minutes, Omaha. we have another interview. No, no, we, good, we, good, we good, we good, we good. That's
1: not what your email said. When we read it to you, your email didn't say that. Your email said, Yeah, yeah, we'd like to keep it in an hour, but if it's going good, then we just we let keep it going, say, baby. I said, I'll push it back. <laughs>
2: Yep that's fine I'll that's that's my you bad okay you said we okay. are
0: clearly we ain't going staff good staff meeting that's a staff meeting that's in my bad that's in my bad staff <laughs> meeting parents messed up parents messed up yo
1: come on so. out, yeah, no no
0: but let's see let's I want I want to hear, I want keep hear it we we
1: we asked everybody we there, are, especially
0: okay you keep it 100
1: all right so yeah. this is good okay so You have to do what makes you comfortable in this business. Everybody, Dave Chappelle made a comment one time. Then Flip Wilson made a comment one time. Chris Rock made a comment one time. Bill Cosby made a comment one time. And they say you have to keep it 100%. Dave Chappelle said I perform in front of white people because I I wanted to be a millionaire. If I just did black people, I'd be a thousand there. And I'm paraphrasing it. So you have to, ask, I remember one time Muhammad Ali daughter said, you know what? I don't talk about race on my social media cause I don't want to alienate people. So Kevin Hart stays away. He said himself, he stays away from social issues. He doesn't talk about them on stage and he wasn't addressing them. And he took a lot of heat for it. When every time you looked up and you saw a YouTube video of somebody getting killed, a lot of comics were looking for him to address things. And he was like, he didn't want to do it because he didn't want to alienate his audience and so personally, you're going to have to make a choice for that. Me specifically, I started in that world when I was in Detroit. Then when I moved to New York, I continued in that world and I didn't like that world. When I say that world, I'm talking it was all mainstream. My audience, it will be completely white and you may see one little weird looking black couple in the audience. And that was in Michigan playing at Mark Reilly's Comedy Castle at Joey's in Livonia, Michigan. Uh, all the way to when I started playing high comedy club in New York and doing mainstream um, New York comedy club, even all the clubs in New York, they still got nigga Mm nights. So you gotta remember that the segregation started with them. And that's why there is a urban market. And I think once you educate yourself about why this, where this urban market come from, it wasn't created by black comics. It was created through the chitlin circuit because of segregation. Tosca, Oklahoma was built because of segregation, because of Jim Crow laws. It forced people to work amongst each other because no one else wanted to work with them. So when you have the context like that, you're not embarrassed about playing Urban Rooms. You're not having conversations about urban versus mainstream. Urban didn't choose to be there. it's like, it's like interviewing, Chris Ross said it best. That's like interviewing Tink Turner about Ike Turner beating her ass. Why are you interviewing Tina? about I- God, God, God. beating her. No one God. ever a, no one ever asked a white comic about why did why you guys segregated to the point that black people have to create a market where they perform at Applebee's and McDonald's. But we okay. asked black comics okay. <laughs> about Thank you. about this world that they were forced upon to work in. I think I'm gonna leave it right there because 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 if I go deeper then it starts to sound- ah! No, I mean, you speaking to my soul, baby?
2: Like keep it going, because <laughs> I get, and I'll be honest. Like I had this conversation way too much, way too much. Where I'm like, bro, I promote shows. So, like, I don't know if they take. Uh, if Rashawn gave you my background, all right. Yeah. So I wanted, I wanted the founders of the DC Comedy Festival. So I put on DC Comedy Festival, biggest festival in DC right now, biggest independent festival in DC. I also, but I also run three of the biggest shows in DC right now, right? So, like we we've been on a run, right? All right, I put on shows in DC, Baltimore, um, New York, and I'm trying. We now we're trying to work in Omaha, we're trying to work on Vegas, PA, Tennessee. We're moving, right? What comes up is we'll get comics, or I'll get comics that'll come at me and be like. Oh, you're a mainstream comic. And I'm like, I'm black. I don't cater to white people. I talk the same motherfucker way I'm talking now on that stage all the time. You know what I'm saying? I do I do a show in a, in a in a in a tunnel that's basically a charity where the audience is very, very mixed and I talk exactly the
1: same. I don't change at all. Well, right? well it's not about you changing, it's no, about no, but that- it's it's about if you're relatable. And that's my point. So
2: I'm funny to them, and I'm funny in black rooms. So what happens is we get comics, especially urban comics, around here. I don't know if this is true everywhere. That'll basically demonize black comics that do mainstream. And then what they'll say is, oh, I can do mainstream, but I'm an urban comic. I'm like, no, you're a comic, bro. You're
1: just in front of an audience. Let's pause right there. So what you're doing is you're bringing in other people's opinions into your, your words, so I'm a, let me entertain that for one second. Mm. Let me entertain that for one second because because as you talk, you do a lot of referencing of other comments, which is very dangerous for you, Eddie. And you're gonna see why that is as you get into this business. But you're that's why you're at 10 years, right? Because even right, though yeah, right, you, right. that you have all this time under you, you still are controlled by what others think and feel, or, or you wouldn't give them mention, they don't deserve, they don't deserve to be mentioned, right? If somebody say to you, hey. You know, some girls say to you, "Hey, you know, you know, you want this pussy." You're like, "What, huh?" And you keep going, or you gonna sit there and go back and forth about what the fuck she's saying. That's what you do when it comes to comics, right? And mm-hmm. this whole this whole fifty minutes you've been doing that. So let me just say this to you: the black guy who dates the white girl, and then he goes, "I don't like black women because they are loud, they're obnoxious, they're ratchet, they talk too much shit," you know. He doesn't really love that white woman. He really hates himself. And he feels the need to justify why he dates her. If you loved her, you would never need to shoot down black women. That might just be your preference. I don't need to owe nobody an explanation why I like the Big Mac versus the Whopper. That's your preference. You don't need to sit up and tell nobody, "Hey, I don't change my material. This is not." If you're relatable, if you're talking family shit, guess what? White people are human beings; they got family. That's family shit. Do your thing. If you're talking about your job and how you hate your job, and that, and they can identify to it, it works. Do your thing. That's where the money at. Go for it. That's where the money at. But for some people, they can't do it. For some people they don't feel like they have the education, they don't feel like they can articulate themselves. They are threatened by the audience. Therefore, they're going to look at you and judge you and label you because it makes them feel good. They're the white person, they're the black guy who don't love themselves that's justifying dating a white girl. Don't let them have that power over you because of their own insecurities. That makes sense? Mm.
2: Yeah, it do. I need to grow up. Uh <laughs> Let me shut that down real quick. Yeah, it do. I, I didn't grow up. Like, I, we just talked about this yesterday. I'm a like, listen. I'm scorched earth with motherfuckers. When you offend me or get me in my feelings, I will
1: be like, "Who who are you talking to, man? Like who are you talking to?" So the flip side. So the flip side of that is, I left. I was doing three shows a night at High Comedy Club. It was nothing but tourists. They had two comedy rooms in a building on 46 and 9th Street in Manhattan. It's called Restaurant Row. It's a pop and roll with nothing but restaurants, right? B Milk right. had a restaurant there. And there was nothing but tourists there because what they would do is have young comics go out in Times Square and bark. The term bark means mm-hmm. that I would initial a ticket. They would give me 50 tickets. I initial all 50 mm-hmm. tickets and I would give them to people. Whichever them people came in, I got $5 per ticket and five right. minutes of stage time per ticket. So it was an incentive and they made me go on the street and work for it. Right. Once they saw that I was a great MC, I didn't have to bark anymore. They made me an in-house $20 a show. I worked six nights a week, Thursdays off. Right. Except on the weekends, it was more. It was it was 30 a show. Right. So it felt like a job. Then talent. His name is James Harris. Talent, the comedian. Oh, yeah, yeah. We had him on. He was on. He was he was on a radio show here in New York. And um. You know he's one of those guys that embraces people who just start. He brings them in, and then once he feels that you're ready to find your own, he brings in a new camp. And he's notoriously has done that throughout his career. So I was in a camp. It was me, Harris Stanton, um, Kenny Williams, and the, his camp that was just leaving. Him was the Rudy Rush, the Will Sylvans. They were they were leaving oh, out. Their yeah. camp. You know, they were in that camp. They were leaving out. And here we were the new batch coming in under Talon. Well, Talent yeah. had, he's, he because he's on radio, he had a lot of clubs and shows. So he had started making me his host for the New Jack comics. And that's how he and I started to rock a lot. And I learned a lot from him by being the host for the New Jack comics. But what he also did indirectly unbeknownst to him is that he introduced me to the New York urban world that I had not been tapped into yet because I was working nothing but mainstream. And when I was able to go on stage and talk about Frank's hot sauce and motherfucking Lori seasoning sauce and talk about how many sugars in a Kool-Aid and talk about fucking Martin Lawrence and living single in New York undercover instead of talking about Seinfeld and talking about Frazier on Thursday nights. Cause see con- the country was divided like that. I like that I didn't have to watch how I talk, what I was saying, and I was able to be myself and be accepted so much that I never went back to mainstream. Because it's I, about, at, at the end of the day, it's about me. So if I'm comfortable and I felt good, okay, I might not be a millionaire from it or whatever, but God damn it, I love performing in front of us. I love my tongue to be us. I like looking at us. And, and if that's my preference, then... Who am I to fucking justify to anybody? Everybody got their own preference. Now, if you put me in front of uh, a show in front of a bunch of white people, I will have to say, okay, I can't do that. Cause when you're in the jungle, you must learn when to wear your stripes. You can't force yourself and see you can't, you can't force yourself in situations and not know how to survive in the jungle. You watch a lot of goddamn planet shows and they'll show you all the birds, bugs, and all the different little species that the only way they survive is because they know how to change colors and look like that leaf on that tree because they'll get eaten alive. So as a comic, you got to know that too. If you don't even do a mainstream and you come into an urban room, the people need to be able to identify to you coming up in the game. One of the first things they taught you was you got 30 seconds for the people to like you 30 seconds. They don't like you. Then your first joke ain't going nowhere. You're probably going to be booed before your third joke. And with you knowing that you had 30 seconds, you knew you had to get to your shit quick. Now, they right. say like that when you do mainstream. Mainstream, they appreciate the writing. They appreciate the premise, the setup. There's a lot of applaud breaks. A lot of black comics don't even know the terminology of that. They don't know in, in mainstream room the terminology of you're too blue. That means that you're too nasty and you're talking your mm-hmm. vocal They call, The term is blue. They don't understand applaud breaks. Applaud breaks are equally just as good as you being funny. But in an mm-hmm. urban world, applaud breaks is a, it's a, it's, it's a silence, It's fear, It's scary. I need to do something to get them to make some noise because they're way too silent. But an applause break, my nigga, in a, in, a, in, a, in a mainstream room? That'll get you a TV show. Because an applaud break, Marine, that was fucking brilliant what you just said. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah so, so, so so now I'm going to bring in what Chris Rock said. I, I brought up all the people that I quoted. And I'm going to bring it around the world and bring to what Chris Rock said. He said, black rooms teach you how to be funny. White rooms teach you how to write. Right, so do, so do both, goddamn. And if if you want to be good, if you want to be great, do fucking both. And don't and don't look at one better than the other. And don't versus one versus the other. Thank you. See, okay. and I, and
2: I love how you broke that down. I really do. I love how you broke that down because be that's be that, 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 that that's the best way to say it, right? Do both and don't <laughs> give a fuck which one is better Man, or
0: he, not, bro. Like he, he he's such a goddamn orator. He he's over here. Had to wipe his brow a bit, Marlon. <laughs> no, you, no, I um, right. I got the I got the ring light
1: on, and I don't. I turned my air down earlier, and I should have. I should have turned it. Knowing I was gonna be sitting here this long, I should have turned my air up. But y'all are cool, man.
0: It's no, man, ex- that was that was a transfer of energy. But that's like that's some gems right there, you know? Because it, we often talk about it, and we frame it in that exact same deal. In that, you go to black rooms to learn how to be funny. You go to white rooms to learn how to write. But we always talk about here and we've gotten a little bit of pushback from some comics, but we always say you've got to do it all if you want to be a comic, at least if that's what you choose to do. If you want to do stand up comedy that way, you've got to be able to do it all when you don't do one because you think, you know, this, this or this and you could, you know, whatever connotations might come with it you have only ruined your career
1: and your Well, own. Those guys are what they're going to do. That goes back to those guys are the guys who date the white girl and shit on black women instead right. of just dating the white girl and saying, I don't owe you no explanation. Like white I love, her. I love yeah. her. And I don't owe you a goddamn thing. Or they're going to be yeah. the insecure person that goes, I date her because I hate them. Yeah. That's, right, what, right, I mean, right, that's right. what those type of comics are doing. Those type of comics, they, like I said, they can't articulate themselves. They don't know how to be in a jungle and change stripes, they don't know how to right. go in front of those people, so they go in front of those people and talk about red or talk about Frank's hot sauce. When half that room, culturally, with because white people, let me tell you that this is the thing with white people, and I hate even talking about them that much. To be honest, I learned that from people. white people, this is the thing <laughs> they're able to go into a room and, and you're never going to hear them talk about anything concerning a white race because it doesn't exist. Then right. you're going to hear them talk about culture. If you, you don't hear Irish talk about Irish culture, Italians talk about Italian culture, Jewish talk about Jewish culture, Greeks talk about Greek culture, and the list goes on and on and on. And they all look right. down on white trash, or tr- they call them trailer trash. They look down right. on But we That's don't- I I am. Am. But we don't, yeah, but we don't have that luxury black folks. We're all right, 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 right. the same jumbo pot as black. Whether you Haitian, Jamaican, Uganda, Nigerian, you know, like my man Fake Terrence, I can tell right now you ain't no, you've been, you been around nothing but black people. See, to me, you ain't nothing but like, you're like A.G. White, that's my dude. You're like snow, the mighty snow cone from Detroit. You're like, Gary. we have white dudes in the urban game who if you told right. them, that they were white, they would go get the fuck out of here. You probably, okay. fake Terrence. you probably look, go past mirrors and go, who the fuck is that? Because you really, like, <laughs> because, because you've been around black people for so long. So so you don't, the culture don't need to be explained to you. you. You don't disrespect the culture and that's who Eminem was. Right. Like. You understand what I'm saying? So, uh-huh. so it's unfair to you to have to go in mainstream and then have somebody else say that you're a sellout but the one thing about white comics who do well in urban rooms, I've watched a lot of them excel and do well, and I watch a lot of them not pull back and bring up the guys they know that did not do not have the same opportunities that they may have gotten. Well, that's that. I, what do you I've mean seen, by that? What do you mean by, what do you mean by that? I've seen that a thousand and thousands and over. But for instance, I've seen I'll just say talent, and then I'm gonna mention no more names. I've watched oh. when I'm with talent, some of the some of the white comics who are major stars now. They always getting their stage time from him. They wasn't getting stage time from right. any of these other bugs. You mean to tell me on a TV shows and movies or whatever, he can't at least be the fucking mechanic in the show? Can't he at least be the bus driver? Can I mean, I would love to see with all these guys that he's, you know, that's been under his belt that has made it in Hollywood. I would love to see them at least give him that opportunity. Now, do I know if they did and maybe he didn't want it or jacked it up? I don't know the ins and outs of that. So I would right, be right, 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 right. right. But I do know that I've been around long enough to see that a lot of guys do excel, uh excel, as far as like surpass some. Will I say it's because they're white? I'm gonna say it's it's totally because they're white, but I but we can be honest and say that boys the men was a huge success until New Kids on the Block came out, and then the other group, it was New Kids on the Block, and then it was a little When those guys came out, Boys the Men started to play bars because because for them. It's it's not enough black people in the country. So if you have all these white girls right. have a poster of boys the men. Mm-hmm. And now I have a poster of instinct. Boys NSYNC. the men gotta come down because these guys look more like what it doesn't mean I'm racist. They just look more like me. Well,
0: like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, know, you? It's, you're you're basically saying what we were kind of talking about yesterday and different in a different relational and analogy to like totem poles in society and the hierarchies. And that's how certain things are stacked. White women get their way in this country, period, yeah. point blank. Yeah. I mean, that's that's anybody that wants to say that that's not the case. They're lying to themselves. That's period. They right. market it to white bitches. women. They put that in on the pop music and it was what it was. It drowns out. Right. I, it's frustrating when you white see- men are still first, though white men are still first yeah yeah, 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 yeah. All yeah. That. Then, like, white, white
1: women were able to excel and get the opportunities right after see see civil rights opened that door for the whole women's right movement and all that right it opened that mm-hmm. door because what it gave the guys in power opportunity to say is i can kill two birds with one stone one
2: stone not
1: only i can have a woman but then i can have a uh especially a black woman, they because still black women are getting way more of the opportunities than some of the black men were getting. So the scale for, for from what you're saying from what white women is still it's for sure. Still, even with the whole the movement, the vagina pussy movement, they totally took that from the young girl who was under Faircon that created that. And once they found out that she was part of it, then all of a sudden they just dismantled it and didn't stay focused on why it was created in the first place, because of when uh at that time you know, President Trump, when he got in office, it had just, ma- it made a lot of women upset and this movement started, but then all of a sudden they were able to deflect it and make it about Farrakhan it had nothing to do with Farrakhan. right? And it was white women who did that. It was white women who 53% of them voted for Hillary Clinton not to get in the White House. She clearly had the best resume. <laughs> she clearly, hands down, you can't say that her resume pound for pound yeah. was not better than Donald Trump. Better so so and she still didn't get the job so, so 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 she still didn't get the job because of who because of white women <laughs> you know <laughs> there is no yes. way that every woman should not have been on board with getting this fucking woman in the white house but they they were stuck on all the shit her husband did which had nothing to do with her and that's the double standard right. right that's the bullshit, right <laughs> Yep. But anyway, we're getting off. we getting off subject. I hope I wasn't too serious with y'all. It, yeah. No,
0: that's 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 where we <laughs> no, we, that's we hit what this we're stuff. For, we,
2: yeah, yeah, we we talk about this stuff all the time. We just yeah. right at this point is like so we do we do numbers on our on our audio, and so a lot of times what happen is people start talking about stuff that we've already addressed, and then we hit it too many times, so we shut the fuck up and let our guests talk about it because if, if it's like. You already heard our opinions on this yeah, shit, and then you don't also doing. don't want to get you want you want take integrity, right? Like you want you want that podcast integrity, where it's like I don't want my mind has changed on it a little bit, but it hasn't changed all the way, so I don't want to address it again until I have a clear thought on it. But I think, like I said, we were just talking about uh, white women yesterday about white women. Uh, 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 it was in relation hole, to all the Victoria's
0: Secret Karen that had just Victoria's Secret. From the girl that yeah, said she was getting chased hilarious. the whole time from the camera, yeah, and that she it, was it, it's, fucking yeah. beautiful. But see,
1: this that is the, amazing, right? This is why I don't like to focus too much on white folks. I'm gonna tell you why because I feel like within our community, if I sat down pound for pound and looked at all the bad things happened in my life, it ain't come from the white people, it came from black people, mm. pound for pound if I talked about all the opportunities with I started a comedy club called Brooklyn House of Comedy. Um, it was a lot of black comics who were alienating themselves from that club just because I started it. what no white comics. I didn't expect them to come. We we can't even we can't get our own way to build a Tosca Oklahoma anymore because we too busy stuck on no. who doing what and then want to sit around and bitch about white people and what they doing. You can talk about Okay, we can talk about a video of, of 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 an unarmed person getting killed. And yes, now everybody's upset. But but when it's done, you're not upset anymore. You have to continuously be upset because all of it is about the laws in the country and people not taking having people not uh, being held to accountability, and they're still not being held to accountability.
2: Right. So
1: so so you can't. That was somebody caught and it threw off my screen, I thought y'all hung up on me.
2: What? The no, no, nah, you go, you go. We was listening. You was still running yeah. through.
1: Yeah. So, so, no, somebody caught and it, and it threw my screen off. So, so, no so, you have to be. You can't celebrate when George Floyd got off. I was walking through downtown Brooklyn. I saw people clapping and stuff like that, and I was on the phone with somebody, and I said, "I don't know why the fuck they're clapping or they happy like that." And it was like, "No, you don't understand. You should be happy." this, this and that. I was like, "No." Oh, when Derek Chauvin uh, got got convicted. When he got completed, I said, no, I said, I've seen this this movie a million times. See, it it starts with Trayvon Martin. Then you got Freddie Gray. Then you got Michael Brown. Then you got the young lady in Texas. And it goes on and on and on, right? Where we watch over and over of big companies come in, unions come in. And what they do, they paint this picture that... The Black Lives Matter is a terrorist group and that black people really don't care. They've done a good job saying that the reason why shit is the way it is is because it's our fault. And then they end up with no accountability. Right. Just like how you're asking black comics about urban rooms. I've never I've I've never seen any press conference of police officers uh, of any sort. Addressing any accountability, we just we you just see them saying. Everybody go home, and we're going to let Work. due process deal with itself. But they we'll never, let Justice prevail. yeah, yeah. the whole same speech, right? So, the, so, so you we we should be celebrating when uh, when you start seeing laws get passed that saying you're going to lose your pension, you're going to lose your job. Then what's going to happen? Chris Rock said it best. Let's give it to Chris Rock again. If bullets and, and it's about money, my don't waste them bullets. Remember what he said in Pain? but that wasn't about police brutality. He was talking about mass killings. He was like, if you can't go in Walmart and Kmart and buy a bullet uh, or just waste bullets, if those bullets was expensive, you'd be like, man, I'm not about to waste this two thousand dollars on your ass. Right,
2: right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that one. I remember so that. It's,
1: so it's all on, so it's all on purpose. So when a guy right. like me see it's on purpose, and then you you date a girl, you out here dating and you fucking around with all these girls, and then you got all these baby mamas, and then you see these women continuously putting men in court, and they saying, well, it ain't my problem. He need to pay, child. he need to do this, he need to do that. Now you just handing dudes over to the system, because it's a goddamn, right. it ain't nothing but a machine now. Mm, right. So it's kind of hard to talk about what somebody's doing when you're constantly seeing these young brothers, man, passports taken away driver's license taken away. Now they can't work. Now they shut down. The kid ain't getting the money. The kid going to grow up and, and, and go to jail. Any goddamn. Right. And the system know that. They waiting on it. You saw how they treated when that little gorilla and that little boy. Remember the San Francisco Ju- Zoo? That little boy fell in there with that gorilla? Yeah. Damn, was crying all over the place when they shot that gorilla. You don't remember when Cecil the Lion got killed over that damn steak? When the dentist went over to Africa kill Cecil the Lion? Man, you got white people you all these that all subways, there's all the places crying, 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 crying. Oh, she's alive! But when that little boy fell in with that gorilla, you know what they said? Well, Fox News and the rest of CNN, you know what they did? They said he was going to be like his daddy anyway. His daddy got a record. He's a criminal. So, so this this little repeated thing that you see in years and years and years. You turn on the news. I just watched a story the other day. Then I'm gonna shut the fuck up. Cause my therapist told me stop talking about social shit. I watched the, the other day. I saw. I saw. I saw I saw uh it was two stories they showed This is why i watch the news no more because it's all all designed to just paint us as criminals. So mm. the story of these brownsville boys that were shooting 16 years old and then a uh officer had a press conference he said where's all the groups now where's the parents of these kids everybody's always concerned but there's nobody's silence now but these kids are out here doing it. 16 unbelievable i mean he was just over the top dramatic with the right? right right and the next two news stories was about two kids locked in their car over 100 degree weather in arizona and you, get, you know how that was covered the good old cop that broke the window and saved the baby out the car right mm-hmm. right not one word about the goddamn mother yeah. Or the father. Yeah,
2: where the fuck was he was at? Yeah, yeah, and yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. 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 He was in the car. Yeah, I mean, we 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 talked about it. No incident was more blatant <laughs> on that than that. Um, damn it, I can't think of his name. That Brock kid, the the swimmer from Stanford. I think Brock oh. Snyder, but I can oh, No, the, Brock Snyder he, is
2: a comedian. In D.C. I know. So uh, Jesus, Jesus Christ! <laughs> you ought to put the boy.
1: <laughs>
0: About, about, Wait, about the Brock, Trump, no. Brock Turner? Sorry, you talking Brock about the rapist, Turner, yeah? At the, the rapist yeah. out of Stanford at that point when yeah. they published his photo, just his. photo, he was like a high school. His, it was his his senior pick or something like that, very prominent yeah, yeah, in yeah, a yeah. suit, everything. And you're yeah. like, this this dude brutally was caught brutally raping somebody by a dumpster. Yeah, 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 and. You post about his swimming career. You talk about his prestigious scholarship at Stanford, etc., etc., et, cetera, et, cetera, et cetera. And you're doing all this as well as the picture. But you get a young black man pulled over for a taillight that was out, he had a suspended license, and the photo that gets attached next to that story or anything else is him in handcuffs, maybe crying, something along that, to just continue in the most- subtle but not subtle ways of perpetuating the negative, and you do nobody in you, favor. You, so so fake a,
1: Terrence, I, I... Hold, on, hold on Eddie. So fake Terrence, you're saying what I'm saying, which is, and th- thank God for you breaking that down so eloquently, you're saying what I'm saying, which is because in black homes and black communities and black neighborhoods, because we refuse to have that broad conversation about how it's way bigger than what we see, it's on the news all day, every day. That we, you would think we would be tighter as a unit, and we are not. <laughs> I,
0: I, but I do think that some of that is perpetuated by media and social media.
1: But that, but we are not tight as a unit.
0: Correct. No, no, no. Well, that is true. You do from have from, from from. I guess what what I would consider an outsider's perspective. Right. I I, I tend to look at things through the lens of. You know, often we say, Oh, the world is going to shit. That's what you hear a lot when you see these videos that are circulating about fill-in-the-blank tragedy that happens. Well, that's not necessarily true because the world has always been like this. We've just multiplied our people and we've given them all a camera to do these things. And we we unfortunately though, we tend to as a society not be able to stick to the nuance. We don't agree that all these different things can be simultaneously true to a degree, but it's in weird ways to try to just blanket it. It's either it is or it isn't. And that's that, and that that's weird. I, I think, I, mm. listen, you're right. I think you have
1: the small scale and then you have the large scale. The small scale meaning within conversations of rooms of comedians and friends and family, I have the large uh, of of people who support me. So I would never say black people don't support each other. So you hear people say that, right? Cause that goes back to what you're saying. We regurgitate and repeat these negative uh, stereotypes to each other that's created from the news or from higher powers. That part I think is the small scale that I do not participate in. Mm. The large scale is, the reality is when Asians were, were, were getting attacked and a, and a bill went out for agents to stop being attacked. Black people really should be on the street every day and upset about that bill being passed yeah. and how they're being ignored. Mm. And the reality is, they are not. I get what you're saying. So, yeah. so, so, th- so, so for me, the large scale is always what's coming out of DC. That's mm. that, that's legislation and how we got to see. There's a bigger picture that's hurting us. If if me and my girl have a baby, she don't like me, she think of this, this, and that, you send me to jail. Trust me when I tell you you do child support on me and get me locked up and I can't support you. Nine times out of ten, our child is next to go to jail and they don't give a fuck about you, they don't give a fuck about me, and they don't give a fuck about our kid. But you are handing them over, you're handing the family over to them for what reason? Because you can't support the child. We gotta work this out, but we can't involve the government. You can't involve the government when it comes to housing. You can't involve the government when it comes to EBT. You can't involve the government when it comes to child support. The government is not
0: on your side, bro. Bad. I have said that, Marlon. I've said that so many times. We, I don't, I don't understand that about people sometimes. When you can acknowledge that our government is corrupt, but you're asking for more government, that doesn't make sense to me.
2: No, no, because people aren't asking for more government. They're asking for better government, and that's. I, I, I do understand your points. But fair, they, they're asking for better government. And, 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 you know what I'm saying? But like this this is a total on something, right? Like, that is I, fair. uh, uh job,
0: very fair. Very point. fair point.
1: Good job, Eddie. I, I, I hate to agree like,
0: with Eddie, too, because just look at him. I don't he care. just got a big, dumb face. I hate him. Yeah, OK. You wish He had it. a great point. You it was a fair it. point.
2: Boy, this is pretty. I'm pretty. Fair Listen, point. <laughs> the point
0: that I was making
2: was, the thing I was going to say was, Orlando Bloom used to do a show called American Gods. I don't know if you guys ever seen this. I brought up this quote before in um, and, and, and partials. But in American Gods, he, he basically got kicked off because they said that his voice was, not his, not his actual voice, but like his character was just too harsh. And this show, nobody watches this show anymore. I haven't heard anybody talk about American Gods since he got kicked off. They're in season three. It was one of my favorite shows on TV. Haven't watched it since. Um,
1: you don't have to start. Well, go ahead.
2: A lot of people don't give a fuck about stars no more. Like well, power just came back on, so I did just rebuy it. Don't 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 play me. Uh (laughs) but no no. So in the show, uh Orlando Bloom's character says, uh uh, I say Orlando Bloom, Orlando Jones, right? Is it yeah? I was like
0: I was over here like Orlando Bloom. I knew knew what you meant. I knew what you meant because I I remember too, but I was the whole time it was funnier picturing Orlando Bloom like from the Pirates of the Caribbean. I was like, (laughs) (laughs) it was a lot funnier in my head that way. So, no, it was Orlando Bloom for sure. No,
2: no, 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 but no, no, but he said black people will always be treated as inherently evil and white people will always be treated as inherently good, right? Basically meaning every time a black person does something that ends up wrong, everybody's like, that's in his nature. Of course it was like that. And then every time a white person does something wrong or they mess up, it's like, oh, he made a mistake. We'll always get that shit. But we're
1: um, not on I'm it, not Eddie. saying
2: it as, as an excuse. No, I'm not no, saying no, it as an excuse.
1: let Let. let on. So, so, so so let me say this. Remember earlier mm-hmm. I was saying how people look at things on a smaller scale, and then how people look at things from a larger scale? You ever yeah. saw a show called Vikings? Yeah. You remember in Vikings how you had the different groups, even in Game of Thrones, you had the different groups who fought all the time. Mm-hmm. The the very first 13 seconds of the movie Black Panther was what? It starts out, the first 13 seconds of it starts out saying that there were different villages who fought, had war, rape, and then until seven groups decided to come together and decide on one king, except one group that went to the mountains. Human beings are always going to conquer other groups for resource land, and survival. We can't. Black people can't sit up and keep bitching and complaining about not being accepted. You want to survive. You got to fight to survive, and you can't fight to survive if you're constantly wanting to be accepted. That's not the real world. (laughs) But
2: but this is my thing. I don't in my travels, right? In my travels, I haven't really seen a lot of people who want acceptance from us. Pause. I, I said I, I was making this joke about this. Not but from us, uh, we want to be accepted. We want to do. We want to
1: see. That's, that's, my, point.
2: that's my point. That's my point. I don't think I don't like the the when you when you you ever meet that person that they try to make you like them instead of just being you know what I'm saying themselves and naturally like them. If they try to make you like them, you always like yo get the fuck away from me, bro. Like, I don't want... You get what I'm saying? It's all those little corny-ass black dudes that always want to be accepted. Like, I don't think they get anything done. It's the motherfuckers who do things by their beat of their own drum that always get shit done. That's just my... That's my
1: opinion. All all I'm saying, and I'm saying this back to to Terrence, is all I'm saying is this. When you know that your existence and your survival is going to come from people who want to see you live and care about your kids, you are working Mm -hmm. with them. You're not seeing that across the board. I can take you to Camden, Newark, certain places of Philly, Detroit, and all you have is way too many young boys who are listening to rappers talk about black men killing black men and not seeing nothing wrong with it. That is but you don't go ahead. You you don't think
2: that like if more if more dudes like like to my knowledge, you don't think if more people just went to their own the beat of their own drum of like Yo, like I don't care about what y'all think. I don't care about um what other people th- I'm tr- like look, this I think this empowers our community. And they just do it.
1: You don't think that would be better wouldn't make us better off? No, that's not how that's not how society works. That works that's in that's uh-huh. how individuals work. Uh-huh. A community uh-huh. and a society works by working together. A community works when they control their church, they control their school. Their kids are protected. They know who's patrolling their neighborhood. That's not individualism. It's individualism that keeps that community from not being a community. You can't operate like that. You but you deal. don't. Th- so, so my
2: thought is, is like I don't think I think everybody's trying to. Oh, did I freeze? No, did I freeze? Good. All right. No. All right. So the, what I was gonna say is I. It's not, I think the problem with that is is that everybody's trying to do everything. And instead of just being good at what they're good at, I agree with you that a community works, right? But if you're good at uh, uh policing, the motherfucker police, be great at policing, march to your own drama, police, yo, and then we'll all see like he's good at policing, we get him to do that. you good you're at community organization? Boom. I don't mean,
1: to, I don't mean to, Hold on, I'm interrupting. Mm-hmm. I apologize. You're not looking at the larger scale of it. The reason why I don't want you policing my kids is because I don't want you around my kids with a gun. I'm gonna come in your neighborhood and police you, but you're not gonna police my neighborhood. You don't see other children being hurt by other color officers for a reason. They are making sure that you're not policing their children. So if you're if you're if you're thinking "Kumbaya, my lord" in a Viking society. You're going to always mm. lose. This shit is about survival. And I'm not saying pick up a gun and be violent. I'm not that kind of person. But I'm about education and information. Meaning such, instead of young boys being on individual, individual, individualism shit, why not young boys put the weed down so excuses are not created against them that they can't get a, a certified and licensed to be officers. And and and, and, and be officers and police their own neighborhoods. That's how a community and society works. But as long as you're smoking that weed at 12, 13 years old, then what's gonna happen is you're gonna lose your chances of working for the state and the government. And that's all about design as well, because we're saying that it's legal on one hand, but we still got motherfuckers locked up saying it's illegal on the other hand. I wonder why.
0: <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, no, it's no coincidence that legitimately this nation was built on the backs of slaves as well as every other nation in society that has ever, fair, fair it point. It was
1: built on Indians. They didn't bring in the first. Native Americans.
0: Uh, they,
1: American. they didn't bring in no Africans after they killed all the Indians.
0: Right. Yep. But but it's a fair point to say that most societies throughout history have been built on the backs of slaves, etc. right? We're moving into that. That that doesn't mean that you don't continue to strive and press forward past that. But when you look at that and you look at the system in which you're talking about, that kind of aligns a lot with the slavery, if you kind of mesh up the two, because everything, as soon as slavery was abolished, it kind of moved into sharecropping. It moved into all the other things of the forced servitude into, oh, now we're going to write all these additional excessive laws that They're not going to necessarily implicitly say- Wait a minute, you skipped some shit. shit.
1: Context matters. When the Civil War started, I mean, when the the Civil War ended, the first thing started was uh, Reconstruction.
0: Correct.
1: During Reconstruction, we had a lot of black senators, a lot of black congressmen, and a lot of black towns were created. Because of that power, that's when all the resentment of laws the resentment of the sharecropping so you have to tell that part first
0: you can't go- right. so so i didn't i didn't mean to do that as if i was just brushing over thing i didn't because there was a, there was a period where black folks were very prosperous within that t- uh, that period of time uh that was one of the most successful periods for black farmers that i'm aware of um in, in history but you 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 look at how that time period evolved and laws started to come down to then knock down the successful black farmers, to knock down the successful black businesses, even the successful black families. They didn't even have to be business owners, farmers, and have massive income stakes. It could have just been they have a decent job and they're doing well enough. These laws came down to start to further uh how do I how do how do you say that?
1: What sharecropping was never built for you to sharecropping was like giving a person Three credit cards and having them work those credit cards off, but it's set up where they're never going to be able to pay those credit the, cards. The off.
0: interest rate is higher yeah. than the minimum and the maximum every time. That's and right. So That's
1: what the cropping was. So after, right. so, so, so after the Great Depression, the President of the United States gave everybody uh, a, a opportunity to get a home, a car, a new refrigerator, a driveway. World War One vets were taken care of. That's how the GI Bill was created. All these different. Let's say uh, stimulus checks were created. Right. He said mm-hmm. everybody, excluding sharecroppers.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So black folks for the second time were not able to pull themselves up by their bootstraps. The third time was the first time was once they were free. Andrew Jackson came in. It's either Andrew Jackson or Johnson. When he came in after Abraham Lincoln. He read he t- it's just like the healthcare bill with Obama. They he took that whole that whole bill away, for forty acres in the mule, and gave reparations. To the, the, and gave mm-hmm. their, uh, the reparations to the owners of the human mm-hmm. beings, who we call right. the slave owners. Mm-hmm. They got reparations. So that was the first time black people were not able to pull themselves up by their bootstrap. So a lot of slaves was like, "Fuck this! I want to stay with my master. I ain't got no home. I ain't got no clothes." This is why I've been getting my food. Why the fuck do I want to be out there free? I don't see, I don't see how that's going to work. Second time sharecroppers was when you didn't get that stimulus. Third time, black people didn't really get free until a hundred years later. From, from, so from 1864 to 1964, now we put something in law that says you're equal. But the mistake from that is, and Martin Luther King said it too, we didn't focus on the resources for you to be equal. We've been fighting so much for you to sit at a goddamn lunch counter, but you ain't got the money right. for the hamburger. Right. So the resources is still an issue. So if we knew resources was an issue, then the way we spend would be different. And 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 I think, I think there are higher powers that tell us that we're broke because of our own fault and they don't want to take no accountability. And we do repeat that dumb shit by saying black people only buy Jordan, black people don't do that. We repeat that dumb shit. But there is a reality of when money is in a black neighborhood, There's no reason that there's an Asian cleaners down the block. There's no reason why there's a Muslim, um, 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 beer liquor store owner across the street. None of the businesses are owned by the people that's in that community. And because they don't own their homes because of redlining in the sixties, they can't pay for the schools. So because they can't pay for the schools, who control the schools, the government. So they control the teachers that come in there. They control what your kids learn because you're paying taxes. For at your job, you're paying the taxes for that hospital and for those cops to be there. You don't control who get hired and fired at that precinct or that hospital. Mm -hmm. So you have no power. And it's been like that. So if we talk about it from that perspective, then we start to talk about how to get power. And you're not hearing that. I think you have you are seeing little parts of it from entertainers like T.I. and Killer Mike and these guys. But you're not hearing it enough. From a small scale, so you guys, you got a great thing going on, right? You say you started a festival, right, Eddie? So what yeah. you should, so I can't tell you what to do, but I could tell you it starts with within your own circle. So instead of focusing on all the negativity of these fucking comics who might not know what the fuck they're talking about, what you do is you start. Yeah you start to do something like the young lady did here in Brooklyn when she started the black woman's comedy festival is instead of wanting people to accept you and want people to start something for you and bitching and crying cause they never give you anything. You start that shit yourself and you try to tell the people in your group. Don't nobody owe you shit. If you want it, you're going to have to build. If you don't like what I'm doing, what's your idea? If you don't have a solution, then shut the fuck up.
0: You
2: know? Yeah. That sounds like me already. That's just <laughs>
0: <laughs> Pretty much, they all call me. Hey, they think I'm I am a bully. I,
1: I see, I see. Yeah, one thirty-one. I took up so much of y'all time. Yeah. Y'all gotta bring me back. Y'all gotta bring
0: me back. Hey, nah, man, no, we definitely gotta bring you me yeah, we you gotta bring back. We didn't take up room, our bro. time, man. You was always like, I'm, I'm. gonna be spending the next four minutes picking up some of these gems you dropped, Marlon. All right. <laughs>
2: no, nah, yeah, like we put I pushed the. I pushed the second interview to another date. Like yeah, I was just like, we're gonna nice. keep running. <laughs> I was not even joking. Like with turns like yo, we have fifty. I was like, we are at fifty minutes. I was like, yo, are you on? She was like, nah. uh, Blah blah. Don't worry about it, sweetheart. Don't don't worry about it. We're good. (laughs) This that splat. This that splat. (laughs) Mala, where can everybody find you at, bro? Like, let's let's make sure we get that out. Yeah, tell the people
0: where we can find
1: you. Oh yeah, you got it. Would be great. I don't I don't tweet as much. That's some bullshit to me. Um,
0: but Twitter does suck. Yeah.
1: I, it just, it just seemed like with my phone, I've tried, I seem like I get tweets from yesterday that they'll you know, pop up as a notification, but it was something somebody tweeted. Yeah. I don't get Twitter. I tried to get it, but it just seemed like it's, it's more, it ain't, it ain't
0: nothing but vitriol and titties. That's, a, that's about it. It's more, and, it's, and it's
1: more politically driven. Yes. You know what I mean, it's, it's,
0: it's like, it's almost like it, this, this talks to this culture war is like, somebody's trying to drive it you know like everybody's right. trying to like chill the fuck out and other people are trying to drive it
1: right so if people mm. can find me on instagram that's marlon randolph is one word um you can find me on there i don't i don't post a lot but i do post my shows yeah mm. my shows. and i do have i'm on facebook on maxed out unfortunately um you, i can't get any more friends and I, st- I started a page but i started noticing what they doing with them algorithms is they mess with your algorithms when you start a page because they want you to get money they want sponsorship so i started noticing that i'm not being seen as much so i went back to my yeah. regular personal so i could try to keep numbers so the show is called yeah, when you go to go to, every sunday when you go to pages sucks yeah when you go to which page pages. when you go to when you go to
2: pages on facebook when you do pages right. they suck because they want you to boost they want you to boost everything, yeah, everything.
1: It's a it's a money thing for them so yeah. so so um you can, you can find me on Instagram. I'm, I am maxed out on Facebook, but I think you can follow me still on Facebook and you and mm-hmm. I will still pop up on your timeline. So 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 follow me on there. This week we have Tresa Ellaby. Tresa Ellaby was one of the contestants from um, own network show called uh, Ready for Love. Last week we had Jay Farrell from Saturday Night Live. We did a right. great interview with him. We've had uh, T.K. Kirkland. We had yeah. uh, Rodney Perry, Capone, Rob Stapleton, Talon. I mean, our list goes on, and our conversations were the Jews that were dropped were incredible because, you know, you're talking me times four guys.
0: Right, and right.
1: You, 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 you understand what I'm saying? So it's some Avengers type shit because, you you know, you put a guy like my partner, Kenny Williams, who's 30 years in the game. He had left out the game 30 years. He's, he's from New York. He's a Queens dude and he's right. known a lot of these new york guys longer than i did so you're talking his experience and he's a sports guy and i'm a political guy and so you're talking that mash to whoever the guest that we bring going with their man mm-hmm. sometimes man them shows i go back and sometimes watch some shows and go yo some of the younger comments really if they just they don't need the paper classes if they just watched all these videos like maybe once a week it will it will do hell of a wonders for you the oh shit
2: no I, I watch a lot of your
1: videos man I've
2: watched
1: oh, a lot watch, of your videos, but yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. oh good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you, I, I, y'all
2: guys, I, I, I rock with Detroit. I do. But, man, like,
0: uh, I'm kind of a dickhead. Right? I'm kind of a dickhead in that I don't follow people that we automatically throw up on here until I fuck with their vibe. And, Marlon, I, I appreciate your gems and everything. So I give you a follow for whatever this white trash guy follows worth, man. And it just is what it is, but I appreciate the shit out of the conversation
2: in the gyms. Yo, you got, any other, you got anything else coming up this week, or nah? You good to go?
1: No, I got uh going to be rocking in Jersey. We got a show coming up, and then I have uh I usually I'm usually performing every weekend, and then I got a club around here that I go. That's my gym. It's uh called the Bedford Manor, it's right here in uh, Bed Stuy. Um, yeah, it, my boy Dave Lester, he does that show every Wednesday, so I usually walk around there. He usually give me the eye. He's giving me that eye, going, "Yo, you're, you're, you're next," or "You're going to." And I just that's right. just where I kind of like that's my therapy session on Wednesday nights. <clears throat> but I usually don't advertise it because you know I don't make money off that show, so so I have to right, be very right, right, right about that because uh, because I don't do this shit for free no more. So my the Friday, <laughs> <laughs> the, the Friday night show, the Friday night show, I posted that flyer. That's gonna be at uh, that's gonna be in the North Plainfield area, and then I know I have two major shows august 14th at a place called Arugas. it's going to be a 7 30 and a 10 o'clock i put lawrence owens on that show and Craig McLaren oh. on Hello. that with me it's a marlon randolph in france that we do every two months so those going to be the first two cats because they've done so much for me over the years so those are the first two cats i wanted right. to showcase and then uh i'm gonna host it and we're gonna let it do what it do last time i played that place we sold out four shows mother's day weekend
2: Ooh. nice man Nice, yep. y'all. Yep. I ain't yep. mad at it. Yo, Ooh. ladies and gentlemen, Marlon Randolph in the building. Thank yo. you, Marlon Randolph. We, <laughs> yo, we see y'all later, man. Stay in trouble.
1: That's why I'm mad with it. That's why I'm mad with it. Stay out the trap with it. Whatever you want, whatever you need. That's why I'm mad with it. That's why I'm mad with it.